It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. We are the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise, producer extraordinaire, helping us out here today in the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network studios. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We've got Chase Rodman. That's We're going to talk about the rain out that happened up there at Knoxville this weekend. And we also have Trenton Berry on. And, and, and if you don't haven't heard, those two are going to be regular guests on our show. We're going to talk about USMTS with, uh, with uh, Trenton Berry at 81 Speedway. They race there Friday and Saturday night. And on top of it, we're going to have Mike Mahler, who picked up the win at Eldora this weekend, Kirk. That was a big win for him. His first win at Eldora. Mm-hmm. How about that? You know, two time Actually, he's a three-time late model Knoxville Nationals champion, and he's won a lot of big races. Had a great stretch last year, if you remember. Top three finishes, and he's gotten his season off to a pretty Solid start in 2023, and that win at Eldora was, was a big one for him because you talk about these races coming I think up that later was his, in the year. Was that his first win, first at, win El- at Eldora? Right, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's a big deal because you have the late model dream, you have the World 100 coming up, and uh, gives him a lot of confidence heading into those two big events later on in the year. And they got a third event the Dirt Track World Championship that has moved Eldora Speedway coming up in October. Right. So he's the current point leader for the Flow Night in America right now. Yeah. Right? Picked up that first win. Um, It looked like Hudson O'Neill was going to win that race, though, there for a second, didn't it, Kirk? Because he came storming up through the field, and he got a right front flat, and that took him out of the game. What do yeah, you think, I think about that? I think he would have had a real good shot at it mm-hmm. had that not occurred. Uh, but Marler was especially strong on that racetrack on Tuesday night. It's too bad. You know, they went to Brownstown Speedway on Wednesday night. The track locked down, rubbered down, so not much of a race on Wednesday night. But Eldora produced pretty good racing on Tuesday night. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then uh, at the Talladega Short Track, Brandon Overton picked up $50,000 for his win down there the other night. World of Outlaws case late model series in action at the Talladega Short Track. And Bobby Pierce was the guy who really put on the show on Saturday night at Talladega Short Track, but broke a wheel. And that cost him a chance of... uh, pulling off an unbelievable victory. He started 14th in that race and was able to use the high side and charged his way up through the field in spectacular fashion, passed Brandon Overton for second, and then fought a little bit with Tanner English, finally able to get around him, and I think he only had the lead for about three laps until that tire broke. But, man, what a show Bobby Pierce put on, even though he didn't win. At Talladega, that all goes to Brandon Overton. Where did Bobby Pierce end up running that night? Uh, I didn't see where he was in the final rundown. Bobby Pierce ended up running 21st. 21st. Yeah. Yeah. But, boy. Bad luck on that wheel, though. Yeah. 
And Kyle Larson broke a wheel, too. But, you know, that's a good point, Kirk. You don't see too many wheels break on these late models. And they had two in one night break. Kyle Larson and Bobby Pierce. And both those guys were trying to make the high side work. And I'm not sure if they banged it off the wall or what caused those wheels to break. But, yeah, you don't normally see that with these late models. Was the track a little rough? No, I don't think so. I think it was in great shape. Mm-hmm. But the if you were able to get that car to work up on the high side, up next to the wall, uh, you were going to really make some hay on that racetrack. They put new clay on that racetrack. And typically with that red clay dirt they've got down there in Alabama and down in the south, it's hard to pass. It's hard to get a good running well, there's a because a, a lot of times it'll rubber down on the lower side of the racetrack, and it, it's hard to make two groove racetracks. That red clay, Kirk, you get that. a lot of grip on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Pierce has not had a lot of luck with racetracks in the south. He's made his fortunes racing around the Midwest where the dirt is a little bit more of a black gumbo quality mm-hmm. and had that wheel not broke that would have been one of the big wins of his career had he been able to pull that off yeah but it just wasn't to be fifty thousand dollars brandon overton picks up the yep. win and that's uh overton's first big win of the year he struggled just a little bit in the early portion of the season that's a racetrack that he's had a lot of experience around, the Talladega Shore Track. That's the first time Bobby Pierce had ever been there. Right. And Brandon Overton had been there many times, so he knows his way around. But the, the track surface was new, and he was able to uh, make that come off. Tanner English ended up running second. Ryan Gustin ended up running third. Jonathan Davenport, were you surprised that he ran fourth? Did you uh, think that he was going to get up there and mix it up for the win? Yeah, I thought he had a pretty good shot at it, but I, I was more surprised. Didn't he start on the second row outside? Uh, I was trying to see where exactly uh, he started. Oh, no, he started uh, He started third row inside. Yeah. That's where he started. Uh, started big, fifth. I think I was more surprised with Ryan Gustin having as good a run as he had. He also likes to run the high side. Right. And what a great one for uh, Ryan Gustin, the Reaper. In that 19R car, come on third. That's good for him. Yep. Kyle Larson started eighth and ran eighth. Were you surprised by that? Well, after he had that tire go down, he had to broken start at the back. Yeah. That, that, that had that broken wheel. He had to start at the back and worked his way back up through the field. Uh, so, you know, based on what happened to Larson, that's about as good as you can expect. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this weekend, Kirk, they ran the USMTS at 81 Speedway. Uh, Jake O'Neill picked up the win on Saturday night, right? Uh, he did, and he had to charge his way up through there to make that happen. Jake O'Neill starting in eighth position, able to grab the lead later in the race, hold off Tom Berry Jr. for the win, Jake Tim. He uh, had a problem early in the race and had to rally back to third. Will Krupp, who was running in the top two for a while, ended up in fourth place. He was driving one of the uh, Nick Hoffman cars. Uh, 
he ended up in fourth place. And Rodney Sanders coming from 14th to 5th. I thought the racetrack was in much better shape on Saturday night than we saw the first two nights. Right. Very racy racetrack at 81 Speedway. They worked hard to get that racetrack together, and I thought it turned turned into some pretty good racing on Saturday night down there. Right. Um, how about uh, Terry Phillips? At, at one point, he was up there towards the front, wasn't he, Kurt? He was, but something broke on the car. He pulled in off into the infield and then straight he, to the pit area. He ended up 23rd. Yeah. He, start, he started 13th. And at one time, he was running second, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was right up there mm-hmm. uh, in a position where he might even challenge for the win. But he had some kind of a mechanical issue. Trenton Berry will give us an update on what that was that broke on Terry Phillips's race car. But uh, it was terminal right away. When he pulled into the infield, he went straight to the pit. So right. whatever that was, it uh, it cost him. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, Seth Bergman. He picked up the win at, um, uh, the Sooner victory at Thunderbird Speedway. And that was between the two ASCS national tour events they ran this weekend. Mm -hmm. Thursday night, they were at the Jackson Motor Speedway in Byron, Mississippi, where he finished in second place to, uh, Jason Martin. Then he went up and ran that race at the big half mile at Thunderbird Raceway in Muskogee and uh, picked up the win there and then came back. Hold on, Kirk. Bergman ran third. Third. Third that night to to Jason Martin. No, I'm talking about uh, the night he won in the Sooner region up at Thunderbird Raceway. Oh, yeah. The big half mile racetrack. But but I, I think you mentioned that he, he runs second to Jason Martin, but he ran third. Third on Saturday night. Um, right. That would have been on... Um, at Boot Hill Speedway? At Boot Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Thursday night, they ran at Jackson Missis- uh, Speedway in Mississippi. And Jason Martin won there. Jason Martin won two races over the weekend in the National Tour. And Bergman ran second to him on Thursday night, then third on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And in between that, he wins a Sooner Region race up at Thunderbird Raceway in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And uh, Jace Park, he ran second. Blake Hahn ran third. Blake Blake showed up at Thunderbird. Right. Big half mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday night, the Sooner region was at the Elk City Speedway in Oklahoma, and Jace Park ran away with that race. It looked like Wayne Johnson, who ran both those Sooner region races, was going to win that race on Saturday night. After Jace Park got caught up behind a lap car, Johnson took the lead, but then a yellow came out, Mm -hmm. and he had to restart behind Jace Park. And after that, Park just ran away and led by a comfortable margin with Wayne Johnson finishing second. Wayne Johnson and Jeremy Campbell ended up running third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They only had 12 cars on Saturday night down at uh, Elk City Speedway. But uh, Chase Park looked pretty solid. That's a little underwhelming. Well, don't you imagine that maybe some of those guys went down and raced at Boot Hill Speedway and 
Louisiana? Oh, probably so. Mm-hmm. But you, you knew you were going to have Sean McClellan run the Sooner Region races. He won that race at Nevada a couple of weeks ago to become the all-time winner in the Sooner Region. And uh, you got Jace Park. And, uh, you know, there's some of those other drivers that's run the Sooner Region over the past few years. But, you know, with the National Tour down in Louisiana, how far is that from Louisiana to Oklahoma? Uh, I, I, I can't know. tell you. But Bergman found it close enough to run one of those Sooner Region races between the two ASCS races. Ryan Ragland says that Bobby Pierce broke a brake caliper. Uh, yeah, they did say that. But there there was a wheel that uh, that was also broke on the race car when they took it off, wasn't it? Hmm? I thought the wheel was also broke on that race car. It was, yeah. But they did mention, now that he mentions that, I do recall them saying that a brake caliper was broken on that car. So he's right about that. Right. Um, uh, Bergman and Jason Martin put on some miles this weekend. Good weekend for Jason. Um, that's Rick. And Rick also said that, uh, Jason was Sunday night after driving 11 and a half hours to a, 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 a race back in Nebraska, the Marvin bank 360 sprints. Did you know that? I do remember Jason Martin saying in Victory Circle that, get ready, I'm coming home overnight to race near home Sunday night. Right. I do recall him saying that, but I forgot to uh, look just how he did. That was the Malvern Bank. Malvern Bank 360 Sprints. 360 Sprints. Mm-hmm. How'd he end up and doing? He didn't... Uh, we didn't have that up. We didn't get a schedule. press release, did we? I did not get that up there. Sorry about that. I'm going to check to see how uh, Jason Martin did on Saturday night. How'd he do? I don't know yet. All I'm right. looking. Looking. All right. Thunderbird Speedway to Boot Hill is about a five-hour drive, is what Rick said. And Bergman pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Um... So, uh, what do you think about um, Kyle Busch winning yesterday? He was lucky. He was in the right place at the right time. When the uh, yellow flag came out on the last on the white flag lap, he happened to be out in front. The only time he was out in front the whole day. There's so, nothing wrong with that. You got to be lucky than good. You got better lucky than good at Talladega or any of the uh, plate races. Well, you know, it, it, that's just the way it is, Kirk. You have to have a little bit of luck along the way, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, that's his first win at Talladega since 2008. 15 years in between wins at Talladega. Ryan his B- only other win at Talladega, by the way. This is the only second time he's won at that race. Ryan Blaney was pushing on the, uh, was it the 12 car? 20 no, car. The 20 23 car. 23 car. Bubba, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. And he spun him out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bubba. He, Bubba Those two guys him. are good friends, too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Bubba took blame for it at the end. At first, he, he threw Ryan a little bit, and then he said, look, I thought he was going to go high on that last one. I just assumed he'd all they'd cannonball me on the outside right there. And 
Bubba took blame for that. It was, you know, he won too many shots. Uh, I thought we were going to have the, you know, we had an interview with Ryan Blaney last week, and he thought he had a really good chance of winning this race. And I, they're hollow up until the last lap. I thought, boy, we got the winner on last week, and we'll we'll probably play some of that. And uh, if you're watching some of that video, you know, I I don't know. Like you said, luck has a whole lot to do with these super speedway races. It's all about luck. I mean, to be honest with you, and. And what we saw happen with some of these cars, I was, I was a little more worried about. Um, I, I, you know, did you notice the bar in in Kyle Larson's car when he got hit? Terrible. Did you see that bar in that car? Yeah, I don't, I've never seen that. Even in in the old race car, I haven't seen bars move like that on the other side. Man, it's just, we're just fortunate it didn't hit him on the driver's side, because that was as vicious a hit. As I think I've seen, yeah, I just don't understand a, how that bar. Two cars colliding with each other in Cup car. Glad both drivers are okay. That bar moved. If they would have been on the other side, this is a whole different I story this think. morning. This is a whole nother story this morning. Oh no doubt. That bar was all the way up into the would have been cockpit face everything. That's it would have went right into him. Yeah, yeah. And like Kirk and me were talking about. Before we came in, and, I, and he brought it up too, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand how it can. I don't know. I thought we were making these things safer, and so far we've got Kurt Busch retiring. He's still doing concussion protocol things to try to get his brain back to normal. You've got other drivers that are saying that's the Kevin Harvick's getting out of the sport because he said this is the hardest hits I've ever taken. Right if, in a if, car. If we're making this thing safer for the driver, or are we making this thing? more efficient for the owners and making it so they can just I, I you know to me it seems like they're trying to make it as you know I, I i've got a friend that owns a cup car and he told me that it costs three hundred and thirty thousand dollars to build one of those cars tj yeah that's uh expensive that's a lot of money that's a lot of money Especially when you see what happens on a track like this, where you're just throwing away cars like they're like piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like you could. Yeah, I mean you would feel weird going to the lot and buying this many used cars and trashing it on a Sunday. I mean it's right. just. I understand it's racing and stuff, but I just don't know where we cross this line into everything is so expensive to build and the safety thing, and now we've got to the point where. It doesn't seem as safe. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't seem as safe, does I it? I mean, I just know Kevin Harvey. He's not going to lie to you. He's, those are the hardest hits he's ever taken. You watched that hit yesterday. That guy's visor flew up on his helmet. Who, what was his name, Kirk? The, the guy. Ryan Priest. Yeah. His helmet, he hit so hard, his visor flew open where you could see his eyes. I mean, it was vicious hits. All of them, they have the rack and pinion steering now. They have to pull their hands off of the steering wheel immediately, or they snap their hands. Did you see that wreck on Saturday? Me and Kirk were talking about that. The car that flipped six times, I think it was. And he's still in the hospital up until yesterday. I'm still being evaluated, and I'm like me and Kirk talk. I talked to him about. I don't know. You know, you lose. We had two drivers get upside down on Saturday at Talladega. But you know what the scariest wreck for me was just uh, on Saturday was the, the guy that pounded the inside wall yeah, and it. hit that wall at a bad angle. Yeah. That was scarier to me than 
Because when a car is flipping, it disper- yeah, disperses, disperses energy. the energy, yeah, right? Right. That's what, how Kirk was but when we explaining. But when he hit that wall and that angle was at a bad angle, that that was a bad, bad wreck, man. Yeah, we're looking at a little video of that wreck yesterday, and and what you and gosh, look at the bar inside. I that I bar. know it's it's amazing when he comes back down the track like this and gets hit. I mean that bar, like Kirk was saying, they the part that kind of worried me was they never gave us an update on Kyle for quite a while, mm-hmm. right, Kirk? I mean, well, we we saw Kyle's car being towed off, which that's pretty good sign everything's okay. But you want to hear, hey, Kyle Larson climbed out of the car okay. Right. We didn't hear that for a while. Yeah. Then they and interviewed in- him, you know, towards the end of the broadcast, and we could see he's all right. But man, that was scary. Not just for Ryan Priest. We saw the video of him, and we knew he was okay. But what about the hit Kyle Larson took? You got you the know? volume up on your computer, Kurt? Both those drivers. Uh, I think it was over here. I don't know what happened. Oh, okay. Might have been something on my computer I pulled up. And but you see how that car's video. dogged? Look at that car going sideways down the that. Look at that car, Scott. Oh, I know it. It's I mean, that crazy. car. that car was driving completely sideways. It's- after that's that. dog tracking right <laughs> that's there. A ser- you, when you see those cars on the highway and you're like, hey, did you know your car had been in an accident? Because <laughs> yes. I, I can see your front tires more than the back tires. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was a vicious wreck for everybody. And like Kirk said, I was worried for everybody concerned. You know, we saw people climbing out, but it was, gosh, that was a big wreck. That was a big one. So, yeah. It All was, right. It was tough. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Chase Rodman's going to join us. We'll talk uh, just briefly with him about. Um, Knoxville getting rained out this weekend. That was a bummer, wasn't it, Kirk? Yeah, man. I was planning on heading up there on Saturday night, but not to be. Hey, I just want to mention Jason Martin did win near his home on Sunday night. So he, he had did. three wins this weekend. How about that? Yeah, two and a half hours of sleep after he won at Boot Hill, drive all the way back home, race last night, and he won again. How about that? Three wins in a weekend. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad weekend. All right, listen, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rodded Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. So if you want to go down and check them out, do so. And we'll be right back with more of Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Again, it's all brought to you by Rodded Supply. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. 
great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod M. Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M. Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M. Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M. Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodmsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod M. Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M. Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M. Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M. Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodmsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, you can see them down at CMS Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. So, joining us right now is a guy that I'm sure he was bummed out to see the the rain out this weekend. Chase Rodman joins us now on the show. Chase, how you doing? Hey, guys, I'm doing good here. Yeah, pretty disappointed that we rained out this weekend because it sounded like we were going to have 60-something cars showing up, I think, to Knoxville. So um would have been cool to see a field that big getting ready for the Nationals. But um, we'll just get ready for this weekend coming up here at Tri-City and, and, a, and a Hobstop, my favorite place on the schedule. So why is Hobstop your favorite, uh, your favorite place, Chase? Uh, well, I just think that any time we show up there, it's, I mean, you never know who's going to win. I feel like the non-win guys have a really good chance to win there, um, and that makes me excited because before I was, you know, working for the World of Outlaws, I was a non-win guy, you know, so I got a lot of respect for all those guys that race those cars. Right. Um, and when they come in town to try and take on the Outlaws, uh, it's, uh, at a hop stop specifically, it's, 
it's fun to see them compete. We've seen some guys have some good runs in the past. I mean, before Carson Short was really a, mainly a wing guy, I mean, he won uh, that outlaw race when he was a non-wing guy, you know. So right, right. Um, I love going there. The racing's always exciting, and uh, hopefully we get it in this weekend. But the weather, I, I hate to say it, but I just looked at it a few minutes ago, and it's like 50% chance of rain. So hopefully it looks oh, a little better later this week. Don't say it. Oh, man, <laughs> that, that's terrible. Did that, I know, that, right? That, that would be uh, a really devastating to get rained out two weekends in a row. Bate, Tri-City Speedway, though, Chase, uh, I love that racetrack. Okay. What, at one time, there used to be a big half-mile racetrack right. there. Yeah. Then they built a smaller racetrack. There used to be two racetracks. Now, I don't know if the half-mile's even there anymore, but what uh, the Gunbakers have done over there, they have configured almost a perfect racetrack. I love the way they've set up that racetrack at uh, Granite City. Yeah, I I went there probably eight or nine years ago. I was I went to uh, Missouri to hang out with one of my buddies. He raced a modified, um, and he went there one night to Tri-City, and I went along with him, and the power I were there. Um, and it was a really good show. I don't know if much has changed there in the last, you know, like I said, eight years or so, but when I was there, it was, it was an awesome facility, um, and it put on some really good race, and I haven't seen any videos that are recently, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go there as well. I just like when we go to the smaller tracks, man. I mean, obviously the half-mile tracks is where most of the money's made for these guys, but I think the best racing comes on the three-eighths and, and the quarter-mile tracks, so excited for this weekend for both those tracks being pretty small. I think it's got some pretty good banking, doesn't it, Scott? Tri City. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty banked up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but what 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 do you think about um, Tri City as a racetrack? It, it races pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the one time I was there, it was good. Even you know, I'm not really a modified guy, but it, it raced pretty good for the modifieds. And I want to say that I think that's the. I was talking to Buddy Kofoy about this at Peebley, and we were kind of getting confused because I think there's two or three Tri-Cities, and uh, right. I can't remember if this was the Tri-City that, that USAC ran the gold crown at there for a number of years, and like that race was always good when USAC rolled into town for the gold crown midget nationals. And if that's the same track, then yes, I it, it puts on great racing. There's two stri- Tri-State speedways, too, which I hate. Yeah, that. Tri-State, Tri-City, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, we have a big problem with the racetrack that's down in Butler, Missouri. They call it Electric City Speedway, and there's a, a, an Electric City Speedway up in Montana, and I, I just never get it when somebody names their track after another racetrack. It, that always kind of creeps me out a little bit. How about you? Yeah, I don't – I feel like you'd want to be your own – you know, your own thing, right? Like, if I made a racetrack, I'm not going to name it, you know, Brownstown. I'm not going to name it Kokomo. I'm going to name it something that, you know, is unique. Uh, I just feel like it's easier for – it's cool to build your own identity, obviously, but then you want to – when your race fans are coming in and they look up, you know, if they type in Tri-City Speedway on Google, they're going to maybe go to the wrong website or the wrong Facebook page or, you know, buy tickets to the wrong track. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's not the best – business model but you know I, i'm gonna i'm just not gonna be a promoter and hopefully i don't have to deal with that right no all right doubt. more about hobstat i i read an article uh several years ago about the guys that own that racetrack or do the prep work there that it's got a reputation as being one of the best prepped racetracks 
in the country. What what can you tell us about that? You know about Hopstadt. Well, you know, another thing about that place is I just feel like it's the most controversial racetrack um, in the country. Either you either absolutely love it or you hate it. There's no in-between, and that goes for drivers, crew guys, fans, I mean, announcers. I mean, I don't even know, man, but it, it just seems like you go there, you ask one guy, hey, what do you think about this place? Oh, I hate it. And then you ask another guy, what do you think about this place? Oh, I love it. You know, and I, I'm one of those guys that loves it, obviously, but they – and they get a lot of flack for um, prepping the track maybe too much. They never really let it get slick, and I feel like they try and are doing that to try and take care of the fans. They don't want to have dust all over the place and things like that, you know. So I get that. Um, but either way, that track, if it's slick or if it's, you know, hooked up like like it's been the last couple of years, it always provides great racing. But there has been a time, I remember watching a USAC video from maybe 13 or 12 or something, and they let it get slick, and it was – bonkers it was a crazy race um but yeah i mean they take a lot of pride in the track prep there man when it's it's a literal tractor parade man they got like three or four tractors out there at the same time working it after the heats uh after the lcs after qualifying like i mean they work it two or three times a night uh just trying to keep that dust down for the fans do do you think that the track is a little narrow sometimes because they they do a little too much track prep on it yeah, I mean, the one that the, the last USAC race there they had a few weekends ago uh, was definitely pretty, you know, one lane around the bottom. Um, but, I mean, I feel like when the Outlaws go there, most of the time it's pretty it's pretty two lane. Um, from, you know, I've been there two or three times now with the Outlaws. And uh, every time I've been there, it's, you know, you can get, it takes a while, but, you know, with the amount of cars that we usually get there, it gets up to the top. And even in qualifying, I remember last year, it was like bouncing the right rear off the floor, off the walls, like get a good lap time in. And um, I don't know. It's it, I feel like with the wing cars, most of the time it gets two and three groups. Right, right. We're visiting with Chase Rodman, and he, he's a, a weekly guest with us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, uh, again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Um a little bit later in the show, we're going to have Trent Berry from Racing Dirt on and Mike Marler, who picked up the win at Eldora this weekend. Did you get to watch any racing on TV this weekend, Chase? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. I uh, what what else was on? I, I I saw the hockey playoffs have really been taking up a lot of my time recently. Oh, oh, uh, that's wild. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of hockey. My girlfriend actually hates me right now for watching it so much, but. Um, I've been watching it a lot and I haven't really been watching, you know, when I get a weekend off from racing, I just try and, you know, yeah. tune out from racing a little bit, you know, just cause we'd go to so many throughout the year. Um, so when hockey's on right now, it's kind of taken over the, did, um, the viewing for me. Yeah. What'd you think did, of that Oilers and Kings overtime game last night there, Chase? Oh dude. Yeah. I could talk about that all day. <laughs> um, I, so the King, you know, Kings go up three last night and I'm like, you know, I kind of pretty, pretty much live in Ohio now where sports betting is legal, and I put 10 bucks on the Oilers just to, you know, see what would happen, right? <laughs> 10 bucks at plus 500, and they ended up coming back, so made like 60 bucks. Um, and, uh, man, was that exciting. That I mean, this is my first year actually being a real hockey fan and watching the playoffs, and it has not disappointed so far. Well, my team is not in it, so I'm a little bit bummed about that. I'm a Blues fan, but, hey, you know. Some, oh some yeah! Well, they won the cup not too long ago. 
Right. They did. We celebrated that. Right. No doubt about it. Did, yeah, my team's the Blue Jackets, and they are the second in the second worst in the league. So well, someday you you'll make a little it. better than that. Uh, someday yeah. you'll yeah. get there. <laughs> did Did you ever play hockey, Chase? No, I never played hockey. No, but I I did do a little ice skating every now and again. Um, and I would not go more than two miles an hour and would hold on to the wall the entire way. Um, but I did go to a lot of AHL games when I was in, like, eighth grade. I lived in Bakersfield, California. They had the Bakersfield Condors there, and I went to a lot of their games. But then for a long time, I didn't go to any games until probably about a year ago. We got the Kansas City Mavericks here in town, so right. you might check a, them a out. A minor league team yeah. that plays here in Kansas City. Have you ever been to Oh, a, gotcha. Yeah. maybe, maybe No, one, never been to minor league. Well, maybe when you come to town the next time, we'll get you some tickets and you can go watch a hockey game. There you go. I would love that. I've never I I mean, like I said, I know a lot about the NHL over the last year. I know pretty much nothing about any other hockey. You know, I know Connor Bedard, he's like supposed to be the number one draft pick this year, and I'm hoping that the Blue Jackets get him. Maybe that will, you know, revive the team. Um, but yeah, I would love to try and I've heard a lot of good things about minor league hockey. I just haven't really ever went and, oh, and checked fun. it out. Yeah. Fun to be there. It, it, it's good. It, it's good to watch, man. It, it's really a good, a, a good atmosphere out there at the uh, Cable Dahmer Arena. So you didn't have to drive all the way to Knoxville this weekend. I, I heard we heard reports. Todd and I were here that that there was snow on the ground up there. Is that right, Todd? You heard that? that yeah, I saw uh, somebody post there was some snow. It was too cold. Uh, the West, the 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 vendor, that, yeah, Wes Irwin, the vendor Wes for... Irwin was up there, and he said that the, it would have been too cold to race at Knoxville this weekend. That that's the hard part about it. Yeah, I I mean I saw a bunch of pictures from guys where there was snow on the ground there. Mm. Um, but hey, you got all the people on Facebook and Twitter saying that you know the outlaws are stupid for canceling. We should have raced. You know, they that's raced, all we huh? all see. That 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 just te- that just tells you how smart some people are, really. Oh man, I love it. I love going on Twitter after a cancellation or something like that, and just seeing all the all the uh, people with fake accounts talking on there. I, yeah. I love it. Right. Well, you know, we don't have that much for you know. They'll be back in June at Knoxville, so you know that's not that far away. But Eldora's coming up in a couple of weeks. You you right. look forward to that? I'm sure. Yeah, um, Eldora, man, every time we go there, it is it is always exciting. And in my opinion, I like Eldora as far as the racing goes better than Knoxville. Knoxville, obviously, uh, the whole, the entirety of Knoxville, the town and everything like that, and the, the atmosphere there is second to none, but I think the racing at Eldora is better. Um, and they, they also, I like the, the flames that are shooting off and stuff like that, the right. um, pageantry of the King's Royal. I love that. Um, and, you know, we go there with USAC, and that's a super fun doubleheader, right? I mean, you get two of the best um, dirt racing series in the country racing on the same night, which barely ever happens. So yeah. it should be a really fun night there. Let's race two here in, what, two weeks? Not this weekend, but the next week, yeah. I believe. And All I right. think that thing got rained out last year. They didn't even have it a year ago, did they? Yeah, so- I think that's correct. We We rained out at least one of the nights, potentially two. Um, and that's, that is one thing about Eldora though, that every time we go there, it, there is a potential for rain almost every time. I mean, I've been there crazy 2am on like three different occasions, you know? So it, that place always, there's always something that happens there to where we're there super late. Chase, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show today. 
I know it was a, a, a kind of a soft week, and we didn't get much racing in, but um, we we can't thank you enough for being a, a weekly guest on our show here every each and every week, man. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, hey guys, I'm I'm glad to be on here, and it's been fun, and we've got a lot more uh, racing to talk here over the next couple of weeks. So we'll talk to you next Monday. Let's pray right. for better weather this weekend. Let's get it done. Hey, we've been getting lucky. We've been getting lucky recently. I feel like that was our first rain out in quite a while compared to everybody else. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get this one in this weekend. All right, Chase. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right. There you have it, Chase Rodman. Listen. Good guy. It, it, it's, he, it, he is about as studious as anybody I know that is a pit reporter. Yeah. He does a great job. He does a fantastic job. He gets right up on top of the situation, and he knows the race cars, too. Uh, You start talking about parts and pieces on the car, and, you know, you got this and that that's gone. You know, he he describes it about as well as anybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Mike Mahler is going to join us here on the show. We'll talk about his win at Eldora. That's all next right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down at uh, Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. And uh, let's uh, remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, they're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. It's a pearl white metallic and tri-coat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 in cash to help pay for the taxes on it. This car makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, 8-speed automatic. And uh, it is a, a great car. And let me tell you, folks, it's got the big tires, big brakes on it. It, it, it. It's a real race car, to be honest with you. It's a street-legal race car. And you can buy a raffle ticket to buy this car uh, at winaz06corvette.com. Winaz06corvette.com. And if you want to buy some things from... Um, the Hall of Fame, you can also do that at SprintCarStuff.com. SprintCarStuff.com. And uh, joining us now on the show is a good friend of the Racing Boys. Picked up a big win at Eldora this weekend. Mike Marler joins us on the show today. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, that was a thrilling victory for you, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Eldora has uh, never been that nice to me. I've seen like I've had a lot of good finishes there, but not really wins, you know. So it was nice to uh, to win one and uh, have it have it go our way for a change. You know, it, it, it seemed like at one point you had about a five second lead. Were you pretty surprised when Hudson O'Neill got up there to you? Not really, because. Uh, my, you know, it, all I think everybody in the field's tires died, and 
and he was running the cushion and uh you know on bad tires it just works so uh so i tried to run it but i really wasn't making any ground up so i went back to the middle and just hoped that hope that nobody else could run it but but his car runs the cushion really good so he was he was he was coming and and i uh, really pretty well thought thought he had me beat and then uh whatever happened with him there i don't know if he i don't know if it was the chicken or the egg but I don't know if he got in the wall and had a flat or had a flat and got in the wall, but either way, it didn't work for him. Right. Hey, Mike, this is Kirk. Uh, your season has really gotten off to a pretty good start. You've been pretty strong just about everywhere you've been so far this year. It it has, yeah. It's been it's been good. You know, we, we skipped speed weeks this year. We went out to New Mexico and done, done the deal out there and and ran ran pretty good. The first couple nights we was off, and then we kind of got it together late in the week and, and came on, and then – uh uh, since then it's been going going good. You know, we've had a we've won some this year, and we've had a couple that we probably should have won had flats, and things happen. You know, so it's so far so good, and uh, we're pressing on, and, and it's good to get going early. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, let's let's talk about um, what's the plans for this year, Mike. What what are you planning on trying to do? You are you going to run in uh, a, a series? Are you going to run? Um, just an outlaw schedule. What What's the plans for you this year? Well, a little bit of both. You know, I kind of run an outlaw schedule, um, but then we got the midweek stuff that they're doing with flow, and then some of the stuff with XR. Uh, so, so we'll probably end up probably running all the flow races and XR races. So there'll be kind of two series that we've run all the races in, and then there'll be. We do the world of outlaw and some of the unsanctioned stuff that we won't we won't get to run all of them in. So, right. so I think uh, I think a mixture of both. Uh, there's just a lot of racing out there right now, and and you know um, uh, we 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 put you know trying to win the races it's highest priority. So that's why we don't run, really run a series. So if we if we're ready to go, we go. If we feel like we don't have a shot at winning, we just kind of regroup to we do, and and uh, that's kind of how we've been going about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you you you're trying to sell a car today, right? Is that what's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, no big deal. I just had an old Camaro uh, that I'd fixed up and and uh, traded to part ways with. So there was a gentleman called about coming and getting it. So he'll be coming looking it over and maybe something he uh, maybe something he likes or not. We'll just have to let him look at it and see what he thinks. What year Camaro is it? It's a '68. Oh man, that's uh, yeah, it's like a four speed car. You know, it's pretty pretty neat little hot rod. It's pretty pretty cool looking. So that's just something I something I enjoy messing with on the side. So uh, so I'd, I'd worked on it this winter in my spare time, and and uh, and then uh, we just uh, we had got it complete, and it's off to the next thing now. So if somebody buy it, we'll 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 get something else on down the road and do it again. Is it is it an SS? Nope, that one's not. It's it's just kind of a kind of a those it's kind of just a regular kind of uh you know not a super sport or anything and that makes it a little bit of fun because you know there's no expectations with matching numbers so you can get it and do do whatever you want so i've got some like custom momo wheels for it and cool some things that i wanted to do to want to see how it would look and and uh so yeah so so it was uh you got a little more freedom on those but uh they'll never bring the money you know that the that your super sport stuff right uh, yeah the 28 type stuff would bring but Nevertheless, they're fun to mess with. Are Are you a car collector, Mike? Not really. Um, I've just been around a lot of it. You know, my dad, my dad's got a lot of cars, and I grew up, you know, with him. He would be all. He'd always have a some kind of hot rod or something. He's 
he, he's in a bad spot. He told me he might in and out a couple times, but right. we'll stay with him here gotcha. for a second. All right. Got an, I've actually got a nomad that will probably be the thing that I'll never sell, you know, that we're, we'll get around to working on there. It's about half done, and I've my dad was working on it, and then he quit, and then I've, I've never started back on it. So so that'll probably be the thing that uh, that will be the keeper that we do, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Mike, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show. I know that you got a busy day going on. Um, how many how many new cars do you have now this year? Are, are all your cars brand new now? Uh, I've got one that I've got like twelve, pretty much. Yeah, I've got they're all pretty fresh. Yeah, I've got um, I've got twelve races on one and three races on the other one, and then I've got uh, my. My development driver Carson Brown. We've got him in a in a 2020 car that I'd been running. That I'd actually a car that we'd won Knoxville and 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 run, run second at Eldora in it. So that's still a good car, and he's he's been learning in that one. So we're actually taking him racing this week. Uh, some of the Ray Cook Series races are, are are in town this week. So taking a break off from my own stuff and going to take him and get him some experience. He's he's just 14 and uh, wow. he's been running crates and. Yeah, he's a heck of a wheel man. He he races everything in the world, and and uh, they race legends, uh, go karts, um, shifter karts, uh, asphalt late model, pro late model, super late model asphalt stuff. So he's got to do a lot of different things, and and uh, him and his dad wanted to wanted to give this a whirl. So we took him testing a few times with a crate car and raced him one time, and then uh, um, having a hard time finding crate races for whatever reason. I thought they were be more opportunities to go than they are so so we're putting an open motor in so we're going to go test and uh, try to let him get acclimated to that and uh we'll go go thursday night and see see how that goes for him it's amazing how young these kids are how good they are at such a young age isn't it yeah you know i remember when i was a kid all the old timers would always say you know these young kids ain't ain't this or ain't that right and, uh nowadays uh, i'm pretty sure these young kids are smarter than all of us guys and and in a lot of ways and are way more worldly and it's really pretty impressive you know when i'm around him the that the focus he has with it and, and the knowledge he has with it and, and and you know he's he's definitely on a different level than i was when i was his age that's for sure so it, so uh i'm pretty impressed you know when when i was started racing you had to be 16 in order to drive a car Mm-hmm. yep yep no doubt yeah, all right Mike, uh, that, I uh, yeah they're well, you know, Kyle Larson, I, I got to think about him one day, as good as he is. I'm 45, and he's 30, and I think I've been racing two years longer than he has. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> so, what's your next big races coming up after this weekend? Well, uh, so we got plans to go to the Mississippi Thunder Woo Show up in Wisconsin. We, we actually won that deal last year. It's a 50K race they're having. Um I kind of like to go there next weekend, but it's going to be weather permitting. You know, this time of year, we just keep dodging the weather. So if not, there's some Lucas Oil races that's even closer that pay a little less. So we'll either race with the World of Outlaw or Lucas next week. And then I think it's a week after that that they got all the Illinois Speed Week stuff going on. So we'll, that's with the flow. So uh, so that'll be our next uh, – and then taking Carson this week. So that'll be our next three weeks. And honestly, uh, this year, you know, has been a little difficult in my region for sure, just dodging the weather. So – so we're going to race. We just have we don't have a solid plan, but we got some real good options. And luckily, there's a lot of options out there. And hard to keep these race tracks really good this time of the year. Brownstown, that is too bad that thing locked down. But hey, you run into that this time of the year sometimes, don't you? 
Yeah, you do. And I think that historically, you know, it gets so rough and, and all that up there that they're trying to just, you know, not to give us a smooth track. And it got away from them a little bit there. We had a really good race the first part of the race, and then it locked down and pretty much was over. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, they, they find a tough balance of, you know, it's a, it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. So they're trying to get the race over, you know, early enough for the for the people that's watching at home. But so they can't really get out there and do a track prep like they want to. But right. it, I guess they're going to have to make some decisions sometimes on if what's the most important, you know, because I think if it would have lasted 20 minutes longer, um, nobody would have complained. But when it rubbered, you know, they probably got a lot of heat over it. So, yeah. so yeah, these racetracks, uh, they're they're on a it's a, it's a tough to do tough to get it right every night. And usually they do brow sounds that that thing's more often than not pretty daggum good and this time they miss it a little bit but that's just part of it you know that's uh that's pretty much what i do a lot i a lot of times i'm good but a lot of times i miss it right right yep all right mike thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the show today we really appreciate it and uh i know it was last minute we got a hold of you so we we can't thank you enough for being on the show today appreciate it yeah it's always happy to be on yep right. you'll have a good day all thanks, right mike. thanks good luck mike thanks mike uh, there you have it, Mike Mahler. The only guy that had a happy face after Brownstown, that race at lockdown, was Ricky Thornton Jr., right. the guy who won. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was pretty unhappy the way that thing worked. It rubbered up, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown, one groove freight train on Wednesday night, the night after Eldor. There's never anything worse than a lockdown racetrack, is there, Kurt? No. But it happens sometimes, even to the best guys that prep racetracks. But but you don't want to you miss it. You don't want to see that though. No, right? You definitely don't want to see it. Yeah, and you could see it coming, you know, because the early part of the race at Brownstown, it looked like it was going to be fine, but you could see it coming, and all of a sudden, it boom, just rubbered there it up. Was. Yeah, yeah. And Mike Marler, I think he ended up third in that race. Kirk. Um, I think when we come back, I think we're going to talk a little bit about um, the high limits contract that they're going to, they've got. Let's talk about that a little bit when we get back. What do you think about that? I I got no comment about that, but I'll let you talk about it. Kirk didn't want to even get on that subject. He's he said, scared. He said, <laughs> he, he he's totally scared no, I, to get on because that. I think no, it's a nothing deal. He said, I think it's a nothing. No group. comment. We might talk about. I think it's a nothing burger. I'll talk about some music, man, when we come back. All right. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that guitar that went for three point nine million dollars. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll enlighten the world about that. Yeah, and I I want to talk a little bit about the the wedding I went to this week. We have a wedding, well. and then it's draft week in Kansas City for anybody that's watching. It's it's the it's getting ready to happen. Big NFL week in Kansas City. So yeah. what's the weather going to be like for that? Well, it's just cross our fingers. Friday night it's supposed to rain. Thursday should be good as long as there's no really bad storms yeah. or severe weather that type of thing. Yeah, should let's be not okay. have any. Yeah, but Motley Crue's playing on Friday night, right? I believe so. Wow, big big crowd down there for that. <laughs> it's gonna be a big crowd. There ain't a, there not, there's not gonna be a crowd down there because it's gonna rain. No, I, there's people coming in from every part of the country. Uh, power and lights full. They got. What are they gonna do if it rains, Todd? Well, the the stage is covered. They're they're fine. 
They're going to be fine. So uh, there's no issues there. It's going to be people in the crowd get a little wet, but I mean, it's it's. D- they're not going to have an issue at all. That stage, it's the biggest stage the NFL has ever constructed for this type of I've thing. I've heard that, yeah. Um, you know that they're having, Travis Kelsey and his brother's podcast, they're having it downtown. They're giving. They're selling tickets for that, the power and light area. Selling tickets for a podcast? Well, it's Travis Kelsey and, and his J- brother. Jason Kelsey. It became the it's most. It's a real popular podcast. It's a very popular podcast. And when you bring on the guys that they bring on. Can we sell? Can we sell our podcast? <laughs> no one would be interested. Nobody we would buy sell it. Any tickets. We got thirteen. Nobody would buy it. We'll have the thirteen yeah. live people, and then everybody that downloads it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we talk about a niche sport in a niche sport, and they're talking football and multi-million-dollar people and TV shows, and, and he's the star, right. right? And they have Travis Kelty is the host of Saturday Night Live, yeah. so he's a superstar. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're bringing first on. of all him and his brother. Yeah. are really popular. Yeah. Their podcast. The New really Heights popular. podcast. Right. Because yeah. they're from New Heights, Cleveland, I believe. Tammy said that uh, one of the nicest drivers in all of racing, Mike Muller. No yeah. doubt about it. Super and nice you can't guy. can't meet a nicer guy in racing super, than Mike Muller. Super, super dude, man. You can always tell how nice a guy is when you call a guy on the phone and talk to him, especially if they're working and stuff. Yeah, he, he's a good. A dude. lot of guys just tell you, "I'm sorry, I don't have any time." For I got this. no time. We, Not today. Uh, Kurt, we've been there. <laughs> we've we've had that happen this week, oh, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> it happens more than you think. We're, we're Burr, not going to mention who we've called, right. but we've called them several times, and they haven't returned our phone call. Mike Marler will always have time for you. That's right. There's always yeah. a few guys, no matter what, they pick up the phone for the racing boys, and we appreciate that. I mean. The show me and Kirk and Scott hosted on Friday and Saturday nights will tell you that all you need to know. I mean, we called some of these guys. These poor guys are trying to do their job. They're they're got a microphone in one hand, and then they get a dude like me, a producer, calling at ten forty five at night. Right. Hey, can you come on the show? And he's like, Could you give me a couple more minutes? I mean, it's right. You know, and you know that, that you was know prime mo- time live. Yeah, and you know, yeah. one of the most accommodating guys we had on that show. Was Rick Eshelman? Absolutely who we lost last year. Yeah, I, like I said, Rick the was voice, always uh, the the voice of the World of Outlaw Late Models. Absolutely, he would make time and he would work it in. Great guy. He was he was always a great one to kind of have to wrap up the show too. He'd be calling from we call from the car and and uh, he always had his little catchphrase and so. Uh, God, we miss him. It was a, it was a we good. We miss him. It was a good show, hey, like you Kirk, said. It was a tough. Chris is is saying, "Why can't I find your Monday podcast to watch after I get home from work at night?" Well, we take it off the because it's a it, it, it's audio it's, podcast. It's, it's live. It's, is you can see it live. You can listen to it wherever you find your favorite podcast. Let's go to our homepage. If you go to our homepage and you click on the banner, it will take you directly to. Every every our episode. links every episode every episode that we've done and they're audio episodes so like you said the video we take down just because it's a it's a bigger platform to post all the video um, takes quite a bit of time we want to, people to go and do the download yeah, to re-listen to that's it. that's right and like right. you said if you don't get it where this banner takes it to you can go to any place that there's a podcast where you download any podcast and just type in either mostly motorsports. Racing Boys, Scott Trailer, any of those. Or key... click the top banner on RacingBoys.com right. and it'll take you right it'll, there. It'll take you right to And that banner also has about 
10 different other links. So if you are a Google guy or an Amazon links guy, they're all right there. Just click that banner. All of them pop up all the way back. We're on episode almost 260, I believe. So, I mean, you know, we're going to go all the way back Mm -hmm. to last year on this. Tammy says with the 10th pick, the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles select. Well, Philadelphia just signed their quarterback. They man, he they, got a lot of money. They took care of him for a long term deal. He got a lot of money up front too. What like two hundred fifty million dollars? Yeah, he, he got a he got a seventy five million dollar check in his hand or one hundred and twenty five million guaranteed seventy five million dollars yeah, in right? his ha- in his hand. Yeah, I Could mean, you imagine having seventy five million dollars? So I listened to a podcast from a a former NFL player, and he said. Uh, Man, when that check shows up in the bank on, because they get paid weekly. I mean, they get their big, right? you know, what do you call it? But their weekly check for their payday check, he said, man, he said, when that first one showed up, he goes, you know, I got my big bonus. And he goes, you got to pay everybody, your agent. Everybody. You got to pay all your debts Everybody's off. got their hand out. Yeah. Uncle Sam gets theirs. And he said, man, but when that first NFL check came in and he goes, and I played on Sunday and then that check rolled in on Thursday and I saw that check, I, he thought. He said, man, I can't believe I'm making all this money playing the same game that I played in high school. And he goes, right. and he goes I'm not talking a little money. He goes, That's there a was lot a lot of money, of money in that bank account. <laughs> hey, uh, Brock Purdy, my old Iowa State guy, showed up at a Giants baseball game that. the other day, and they gave him a standing ovation. I saw that. Hope his elbow's going to be all right. He just had the surgery on his arm, yep. so hopefully he'll be Tommy John's fine. surgery. Kind of, well, he had the whole, man, it was a nasty, nasty Man, Zach took a nasty shot on the elbow the other day. That's the second one. No kidding. It hit him so hard, Scott, that... um, Right elbow or left? It it hit his left elbow. Left elbow. And he's already been hit once there. And so I bought him a pad, but it it hurts so bad that he can't even put the pad on. Right. Because it squeezes too hard. So he... um, he crowds the plate. He crowds the plate a lot. But, man, he hit it so hard, Scott. The laces made a mark on one oh side. Oh, my gosh. But the swelling went on the other side. It pushed the, man, that had it to pushed hurt. the fluid all the all way. All the way through. That had to hurt. That had to hurt. His forearm wow. looks like Popeye. And Mom, you know, she's a nurse, and she looked it all over, and she said, I don't think there, there's nothing broke. He's able to squeeze everything. She said, I think he's got a, just a nasty bruise and a nasty. Is that going to keep him out of games? Well, the next at bat, he hit, he got a single, but it barely went out of the infield, and he told me, I can't grip the bat. So I asked him today how he was feeling. He said, 100% better today. He goes, let's just hope I don't. And I said, I would try to put that, I would try to put that brace on no matter how bad it hurts, just while you're at bat. Right. So that it doesn't happen again because it's just not, it wasn't fun. It was cold that day. Oh, man, when it hit. It had to hurt. Oh, I heard it all. I thought he hit, got hit in the back, and it was his elbow again. The sound it made. Man. Oh, man. It was bad. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in the racing world and more here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Central Missouri Speedway on April 29th. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play Nine whole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. And uh, we can't thank uh, uh, Bob Douglas enough for being a, a great supporter of our podcast here today. 
And uh, Bob's got his uh, Midwest Lightning Sprint season opener this Saturday night down at Central Missouri Speedway. CMS. Right. It's going to be a good show. So uh, keep your fingers crossed on the weather. And Rod In Supply, also title sponsor of the uh, Track Open Top. Wheel Classic out at uh, I-70 Motorsports Park on Saturday night featuring the Power Eye War Sprints versus the uh, USAC Midwest Light, uh, Wingless Racing Association Sprint Cars going on Saturday night. Say that again, Kurt. <laughs> the USAC MWRA versus the Power Eye War non-wing sprint cars Saturday night out at I-70 Motorsports Park. Rod in Supply, Open Wheel Classic. So, Rod in Supply. Let's got a just of big keep our fingers on. crossed that we don't get any rain this yeah, weekend. I'm yeah. ready for a little break for some rain and then some warm weather to move back in because it still just has that hint of coldness out there, man. How many people do you think will be standing in front oh, and watching... Uh, Motley Crue and Motley the, three, and the other two bands. It's going to be colder and shit. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Um, just dress accordingly. It's not going to warm up at all? Well, it's warming up. This whole week is supposed to warm up, but the problem is... Our, Let me see what the temperatures yeah, the night, to be. The night Friday. temperatures are cold. My biggest concern is we've had... It's been so damn windy this year that when it drops a little cold, what? that it, it just seems to be... It enhances how you know the temperature on that, where it's just so much colder. But I, I'll so be so it's it on Friday on Thursday, it's going to be sixty-seven. Yeah, so you'll be good. Well, on sunny bad. on sixty is sixty-seven degrees, and then on Friday, sixty percent chance of rain. Ooh. No, that's <laughs> not good. Sixty percent chance of rain. 59 degrees. So oh rain in 50s. 60% chance and of rain on And then on Saturday, it's 40% chance of rain. Oh, my God. And 59 degrees. You're supposed to see some late model racing down at Lake Ozark this weekend, right? I'm supposed, MLRA. I'm, I'm supposed to go down there and film it. The third annual mm. Lucas Oil MLRA Battle at the Beach at Lake Ozark Speedway Friday and Saturday night. The weather's just not looking good nowhere. It's not looking good. Everywhere. I mean, it's just... You know, last night, when when I looked at the weather forecast, Friday night it was supposed to be 40% chance of rain. And on Saturday, it was supposed to be twenty yeah, percent chance. Of moved rain. quite a bit already. So they that they've moved that up. So it it it's going to change before now and then anyway. So I'll we'll worry about Thursday's weather. Wednesday. Are you going to go down and watch Motley no. Crew? No, no, no. You got to download an app on your phone. You have to download another app, a security app, to get you into the place. Um, parking. There's no parking down there. You're going to have to Uber down. Um, no, I'm not going. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, maybe in my twenties, I probably would have. You would have went down. I'd have had no problem dealing with that amount of traffic and people and situation. But the security you, down there. You're not much into big crowds, are you? I, I mean, I can deal with. Like I said a couple of years ago, I went and seen one of the biggest sellout. You know, I've been to a bunch of sellout crowds the last few years, but I don't. If I could, I just don't like the parking situation. I, I just really do not like not having to be able to get my. I don't care if I have to walk a half a mile just so I know I have a designated spot to park in. Right. It's the whole, well, we'll find a Trying spot. Trying to find a spot. We'll find a spot when we get there. That just doesn't fly for me, man. That's how it's always been for any downtown venue yeah. for anything. I just, 
I don't like that. And that's, you know, Ubers and Lyft, that's that's probably built for me because you don't have to right. think about anything. I didn't go to either of the Chiefs parades, but when the Royals won their championship, yep, I, I was parked there. down on the plaza and ended up walking up to where the Liberty Memorial is and yeah. wading into that big crowd. It was I a remember beautiful day. Parked, parked on the plaza. Parked yep. near the plaza. On it the was west the west side of the country club. How long plaza. did it take you to walk back there? Kurt? I can't remember now, but when, it, I was tired when I got I home. Went, <laughs> he was tired. I was there. I was driving my wife, my <laughs> girlfriend at the time, with her little Dodson B B two thousand truck. B two ten. B two ten truck, little two door, five speed, four speed. We drove down there it was me and a friend of mine, and I parked by the scout. I remember we parked by the where this not you know where the big scout statue is. We parked in that park back behind and walked over that big hill. It didn't seem like that big a deal getting down there, but getting back to our car up that big hill after being down there for five hours, it was like Kirk said. I was wore out by the time I got back to my car. It was a long walk. Hey Todd, so tell me about this uh, Eddie Van Halen guitar that sold for three point nine million dollars. Looking at a little picture of it right now. So this guitar that we're looking at, this is So what what video was that in? The if you if during the nineteen eighty four years, um Hot for Teacher video, there was a there was a video called Hot for Teacher, another one called Panama and another one for Jump. Well this one was was in those videos. Um it's signed by Eddie on the top, so I don't know if that makes it worth more or not. It has to make it I worth mean, more. I mean, I've got a guitar signed by Eddie, but it's Eddie's guitar. But this guitar, these are built by a company for Eddie back then. You know, this the difference between What is all the wires hanging out of the middle well, of the Well, see, that normally thing? all that stuff's covered up, right? With a pick guard. You'd see most guitars with a little plastic pick guard yeah. cover all that up. Well, Eddie used to swap stuff out daily. Like if he didn't like the way something sounded, he'd pull that pickup out and put a new one in or fix it and swap it around and see how that thing's all chiseled out where that there's like a pickup. And that's what this thing is here that makes the sound, that little thing right, right there. Yeah. Well, that's chiseled out. And what Eddie Van Halen did, which was inventive to anybody at the time, at the time you could only buy a Fender guitar, which had a single coil pickup, which is what this looks like up here by the neck. Right. Or a Gibson guitar, which had this dual humbucker pickup. But there were no fenders with this type of pickup here in the back. Well, that pickup, that sound gives you... If you go back and listen to old Gibson, like ZZ Top, that right. crunchy kind of right. sound. Yeah, yeah. And then if you listen to Clapton, which is a clean kind of sound, right? right? That's the difference. Billy Gibson was playing a... So what Eddie Van Halen did? He wanted a he wanted his his guitar to sound like more like a Les Paul. He wanted didn't it he? to sound like a Les Paul, but we all have a whammy bar and to have all the access way down on the frets like you do on a Fender, and not weigh a hundred Fender. Uh, Les Pauls weigh ten pounds, guys. People don't realize how much a Les Paul weighs. It's ten eleven pounds. It's a lot of weight around the neck. This guitar here probably weighs eight eight pounds four ounces probably. Um, so he had this guitar built, used it in a video, played it on a tour. He gave it to the drum tech of his brother, Alex Van Halen, the drum tech, when he retired. That drum tech passed away. The son had it, sold it to a guitar store. The guitar store then, in turn, put it up for auction. Probably had no idea what it was worth. I mean, I'm sure they knew. The guitar store absolutely knew what they were doing. The kid probably didn't know 
that it was going to. They probably stole it from him. Yeah, they probably didn't. He probably got it for a couple hundred thousand. He probably made, you know, three or four hundred thousand is probably what he made. But this guitar sold for $3.9 million. Crazy. And uh, it was supposed to go around two is what the estimated value was going to be. 2.2 is what the the minimum bid was 1.4. So the bid was 1.4. That went past fast. So it went to 3.9, almost $4 million. It was, the fa- it was the highest auction guitar so far that that company had worked with. Now, this ain't even Eddie Van Halen's guitar that he built himself. The, the guitar he built himself. That guitar probably go for $10 million, Yeah, they're it? saying Eddie has it. They had an insurance clause on it. It's in a vault. Wolfgang's got it in a vault at a, a fireproof facility. Earthquake-proof, fireproof, flood-proof. Because it's that valuable. Uh, Eric Clapton and David Gilmore are selling all their guitars, all of them. Oh my! What are gosh. they running out of money or what? They don't. They're getting to the end of their lives, and they they're not playing as much. They're not playing them, and these guitars meant so much. And if you can pull in half a million to a million dollars on the guitar, I mean, the guitar that David Gilmore played the wall on. Yeah, he's selling that thing. They're saying it's going to pull two million dollars. I mean. Why wouldn't you sell that thing if right. somebody will cut you a $2 check? $2 million. Dollars. Yeah. I mean, these guys paid probably three grand for them back in the 60s and 70s. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a pretty good return on investment, yeah. would you say? Right now, like Joe Bonamassa, if people don't know, Joe Bonamassa has probably the most extensive guitar collection in all of America. He has hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Gibson. That I guy mean, is one of the most talented just, performers I've ever seen. I mean, some of these Gibson guitars they have are... 300,000 a piece now. Crazy. And it's just because of supply and demand, you know. So guys like me aren't buying those kind of guitars. All right. That ain't All right, let's uh let's get a hold of Trenton Berry and and let's talk a little bit about 81 Speedway. While um, we're uh while we're getting ready to talk about that, I uh, wanted to mention that uh they did get a race in in Pennsylvania for Pennsylvania listeners at Williams Grove Speedway on Friday night. Brent Marks winning the uh, Tommy Hennerschitz Memorial. Say that again. The Tommy Hennerschitz Memorial. i got to be careful about what I'm saying. <laughs> the Tommy Memorial. We'll just call it Kirk, that. Kirk, have you ever cussed on there? I probably have. You have? I can't say no. I probably have. Hmm. You have. I know you oh, have. Oh, I know I have. Yeah. <laughs> but they got rained out at Port Royal Speedway on Saturday night, so we didn't get to see any Port Royal races this weekend. That is a bummer. Sprint car races, not too much going on. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins the 360 race at Talladega Short Track, but we got a lot of modified racing to talk about. Down at 81 Speedway, the Ed Gressel Memorial. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's uh, bring on Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. Jake O'Neill wins the USMTS race at 81 Speedway on Saturday night. Tyler Wolf wins it on Friday night. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How's everything? And we can't forget the Tanner Mullins won on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a great. Great weekend at, at 81 Speedway. These are the these are the kind of events you can can only hope to have happen. You know, it's a it's a great market, great racetrack, uh, outstanding support from the from the series, um, from 
from the racer. So we raised a whole bunch of money on Friday night too. We come up somewhere around twelve thousand dollars all told money, wow. cash for cash money with with contingency if a guy could drop back and win. There was even more money that was there, and then some of some of the sponsor money came in even after the we ran the dash for cash. We ran a six thousand dollars straight up pole dash um, on on Saturday night for six laps, which is unheard of that, that has to be the highest paying six lap race i mean i i don't i, I can't think of one that's paid paid six thousand dollars for six laps that was that was pretty unreal so um it was really cool you know ed ed was a big fan ed, ed liked his coors light and uh the, the family paid for i think it was over 400 coors lights you know everybody that was of age was able to uh to have have one on have one last coors light on ed there and, um just a lot of a lot of neat things. They had four drivers in the field that had raced for him. Obviously, Ryan Gustin gets the most notoriety, ran for him a long time, and probably gave Ed his biggest successes in racing. But there were four other drivers that were there this weekend that raced for Ed at different times. And on Saturday night, did a uh, they did a four the four wide salute right across the front row where his four drivers that had uh, that had raced for Ed that were there that weekend to compete. And then his last car number was, was two with Brandon Givens and the 2G. So they left right. the second row of the four wide open all the way across all four spots. It's just, man, you, we, we go to lots of things that are just kind of like, it kind of wash, rinse, repeat, you know, and, and you don't want to mess with what works. But every once in a while you, you hit on something that's that's different. And in this case, we, we paid tribute to a, to, to a really good man. So yeah. um, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. It was a special weekend. And I don't, I don't think it's one that anybody will forget about, you know, we also on, on Saturday night, equally as crazy. So they made a, a custom victory lane banner for the Gressel Memorial and it had the event logo on it. And, um, several of the partners that helped out, not only with the series, but with, with this race in particular, Re- really, really cool, huge banner. And um, they took, took donations or uh, not donations, but they took silent bid. There was a silent auction all weekend long. And uh, one of Rodney Sanders sponsors called us late in the night. And we thought the thing was going to sell for $1,200, which was a lot. Like that's a lot for a banner, you know? Right. Um, he, he calls guys and he goes, he goes, I want that banner. Cause every racer that was there signed it that weekend. Oh, he called, he, he, and I talked to him on the phone down in the infield. He goes, I want that banner. And I said, okay. I said, well, let me see if it's even available. He goes, no. He goes, he goes, ten grand. He's like, he's like sold. <laughs> I said, okay, let me, let me find out. I said, are you ten thousand dollars? Go through, go through Todd or the promoter. But this, this, this gentleman, Tom Paulson, was his name. Was I? He's just one of the ones like you know he's good for, right? So right. We uh, we we got to deal with that right before the A main. As the cars were getting ready to roll out, just. Just special, man. All the, all the way around special. That's just what, you know. I I get obviously in my line of work, I get sick when I sick of listening to people say that the internet's ruining racing. Right? We raised twelve thousand dollars bonus money. We we raised ten thousand dollars for a banner, and maybe you get a third of that if the internet's not there. Right? Maybe. You know, yeah, no maybe doubt. Uh, the best effort you get half. So um, it, it was really special to be a part of. You know, we have a banner that was the um, 
what it was Eldora's banner, don't we, Kirk? We've got that banner. We paid six hundred and fifty dollars for was it. Was that for the Jason Johnson after he Jason passed Johnson. away? That they had a benefit auction at okay. Knoxville. Yeah, for that. Yeah, we we spent yeah. a little bit of money up there that day, didn't we, Kirk? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's sure. special, man. And you only, you only like stuff like that is the history of the sport, and you only get one crack at it, you know. And the family, I think the family is going to make make this an annual event. They, they a lot of them were able to get get together and be there for it. And Ed's wife Cindy was there. She was so appreciative of everything, and it was really cool. And all my pre race interviews all weekend. At some point in the interviews, I worked in with everybody I talked to. Tell me something about Ed Gressel. And, you know, the older guys that have been around knew a little bit more about Ed and, and knew him on a personal level. And some of them just knew how much he had done for racing and talked about how, how crazy it was that, that you know, he, he basically basically developed Ryan Gustin, you know. And, and a lot of them, a lot of them really, the younger guys really keyed in on that and it, it was cool to hear everybody just share stories about the guy, you know, and I, I, I love that from a content perspective. And um, we, we really went in with a plan to try to make that thing special. And um, with the help of 81 Speedway, which is a, just a – guys, just a great racetrack. I mean, I, I'm telling you, what what they do is just phenomenal. It's, this J.R. Sartain is going to be as good of a promoter as he decides he wants to be if, if if he wants to put thirty years in this thing, he's going to be remembered as one of the greats. Um, yeah. I'm just telling you, he's he is fantastic, and you, you have all these things coming together. And, and you know, I, my big thing is like everybody's pulling on the same end of the rope. It's wild what can happen. Trenton, let me ask you this: What is the best thing that has happened? Is it the wall being put around eighty one, or is it? it, it, it just tell me what is the best thing that's happened to 81 Speedway. Is it Johnny Allen hiring Johnny Allen to well, be, be so, there? So, so a huge part of it, a huge part of that. And so you, you have a, you have a promoter that had so much success with his business guys and he just doesn't quit. Right. So I'll tell you this, this track rubbered up on Thursday night late. And you would have thought that they were going to have a coronary after it was over. Mad, this isn't what we do. Not this weekend. We don't operate this way. You know, they, they got told by the outlaws, so they they want they wanted another load about five thirty or so the afternoon of the outlaws race, and and Mike Hess told them no. Um, and you know, the, the crap of that deal is, is people are going to go. Well, the outlaw show rubbered up at eighty one. Well. There, there's the real story that nobody's going to tell you. So there was there was no whatever, you know, prep, prep the track like, like we need to do it for Thursday night, and they rubbered on them. And I'm telling you guys, they were beyond pissed. <laughs> and, and, it, and it didn't set well with any of them. And they went to work, and they watered, and they tilled, and they worked the dirt, and they watered and tilled and packed, and they rolled and they tilled and they watered and they packed. And they gave us two great racetracks. And when you have people, all sides, Todd, Todd, had, his, Todd had rotator cuff surgery two weeks ago. He's in there. He's in a sleeve or in a, in a sling. Right. Doing everything, doing everything he does. Took, drove the truck and trailer down. You, you wouldn't have known one thing about it, except for if you'd have seen him walking around. He's in a sling. He's hurt. Like he's, he's walking wounded, but he's telling you he's fine. 
and and you have you have all those folks at 81 that did so much and and brandon gibbons included in this raising some money you know brandon was the last guy to race for him and brandon had a whole bunch of extra uh work that he had to do graphics wise print wise to get ready for this and when you put a group of people together that simply refuse to quit i I think that's what i'll say about 81 speedway that impresses me that they just they just refuse to quit and you're not going to hit it right every night and not everything is going to always be roses but when you work with that attitude you give yourself the best chance to have the most success right you know Mm-hmm. And and there, there's a lot there's a lot that money does in this sport, and there's a lot that money can do. You cannot pay work ethic and the ability to just not quit and to have that buy-in from everybody that's trying to trying to work. And that's that's what's really cool about it. Well, I hats off to the prep work that they did, especially on Saturday night. I, I thought I, that that was a great I, racetrack on Saturday night. I'm telling you guys, for this mostly motorsports podcast, they're they're scheduled up. They're getting ready to roll. Their next race is an extreme midget race. You guys would love to have a deep dive with J.R. Sartain. He's he's young. He's ambitious. He's spunky. He is well connected, and he has two great racetracks. He he would he would be great. You, you guys would love to have him on and and learn, learn a little more about him and just kind of interact and see see who he is. He's yep. a, he's a, he's a super dude. We'll get him on, man. We've we've had a pretty good day today. We had Chase Rodman on. We've got you on. We had Mike Mahler on, who picked up the win at at Eldora this weekend. And he's and, a beast. I love Mikey. Yeah, great guy. He, he's a great guy, man. He never says no to our show. Never once yep. has he said no to us. And I'm gonna need. Yep. Uh, you can probably help me out with this, Jake O'Neill. What a show he put on the other night. That was some yeah. kind of drive that he made to get up to the front of that thing. From eighth, right? From, yeah, and he, he he was one of Ed's racers, and he, he talked about it in Victory Lane, how much it meant for Ed to give him a shot to to kind of get here to the Midwest and, and to race a little bit, his, his first crack at it. So um, Jake, Jake has been – Jake had had kind of a down season, really, to this point. He'd, he'd been to the, all the shows, but he just hadn't – whatever reason just been off a tick you know and i don't he wasn't really able to point to anything and nobody really said anything he just he just was just a just a hair off and um he picked a he picked a great he picked a great night to be on and to, to figure out whatever whatever was going on to, to to work and and be be on top of his game and um he did a did a big celebration afterwards and um uh, pretty emotional in victory lane you could just tell for several of these guys this this weekend just meant it just meant a little more and and it wasn't it wasn't money driven and that that's what was neat about it um when you really can see uh the the impact that that people have and and jake was certainly a huge part of the weekend his whole family lives out there in that toter home doesn't i mean they're the way he celebrated with his family the other night that was something else to watch all year it's yeah it was great, and and uh, had had his little boy there, and um, it was it was cool. He said his motor was completely lapped out. He said right there at the end of the race, he said, "Ah, oh, we're about about sixteen hundred laps on that motor," which you know those, those motors are supposed to be fresh in about a thousand. So right. he was he was over for a freshen. He said he said it was running hot. You know he had to he had to rev the engine for a little bit there in Victory Lane to try to get it to cool down. And uh, he goes, "Ah, oh, it doesn't really matter." He goes, "That's lapped out." He goes, "That thing's done anyway." He said, it, "It's coming out," but. He goes, I'm really glad it held together. (laughs) 
Right. So, yeah, he just made it, didn't he? Uh, just made it. Just barely. Just, and that I'm telling you guys, that thing was hot when he rolled into victory lane. Um, it was, it was, it was great. You know, you you come off some of these big weekends and you think, boy, that'll that'll sure be hard to replicate. You know, and you you kind of get this. I'm kind of in a little bit of a Monday hangover, and that that doesn't happen when you've just had a normal run of shows. But it's it's when you get those those really special ones, you know, where it's just it's just a little bit more from everybody, and 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 some of it's not even intentional. It just kind of organically happens. It's it's so beautiful in the moment. But I got I got a little bit of a Monday hangover. I'm I'm, I'm working through here today. Yeah, it, it it was it was really a lot of fun. Talk about uh, some of these other top finishers. We had uh, Will Krupp, who came uh, driving one of those Hoffman cars, and uh, he had a great weekend. You know what? I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. He did, and he was he was fast every night, every condition. And he's been so good this year, and that that he is the only elite chassis that is out on the tour. And his plans to run for the rookie of the year. You know, he tried this a couple of years ago with a team that was was. Had plenty of good equipment, but it just he just wasn't comfortable. It was a new car for Will, and he just he just didn't take to it like he has these elites that he's ran over in the UMP world. And he's he's made some changes. The tech the, the tech line's been a little bit of a uh, been a little bit of a gremlin to get all the things that Darlow wants right, you know, for for this race car. And it's not because of anything that he's done. It's just because these cars are catered for UMP mod racing and. You know, in the modified world, we have to have all these different rules because nobody can get on the same page and right. and develop one race car and one set of rules. And that's a story for another day. And uh, I'm just I'm just so proud that the guy I work for is the one that's willing to sit down at the table. So when anybody else is ready, you know, the, the 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 invites it's a standing invite and it's open. So um, anyway, what, whatever. Uh, Tom so, Tom Berry Jr. finished second, and it was Jake Tim third, and Tim. Had an interesting race. I'm not sure what happened to him there, but I thought I thought he had a real shot at winning this thing. But he fell back and had to rally back to get a third place finish. What happened to Jake Tim? Fell to twentieth tw- right there off the start of the race, and he was so mad. He said he screwed up, and you know, guys. Truth be told, I think I think Jake might be the fastest USMTS mod right now. He's 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 been to almost all the races, not every single one of them. He did not come to oh, where did he miss? I don't think he came to Arklet Tech. I think that's the weekend that Wheatland ran late models. I don't believe he came to Arklet but he's been to everything else. Um has been on on fire this year and has been incredibly fast. So he went he Kirk, he went twentieth to like uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth before there was ever a yellow flag that came out, and and raced raced all the way back. And he did not bring out a yellow when he when he fell to twentieth either. Um, that was right right at the initial start over in turn three. He, he went off the inside of the track there and had had trouble and kept rolling. Uh, so uh, the Jake had been good. Tom Barry's been absolutely incredible um, this year as well. He's he's brought us swagger and a charisma to the series that but also at the same time has has the respect of of everybody that's there in the pits but has just went like gangbusters this year um and and will krupp the same you know coming from the ump world uh with that race car figuring out what 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 that car needs to look like in usmts trim and then to go compete you know working with new tires tom barry's working with new tires will krupp's working with new tires um, just so impressed by 
so impressed by the diversity of talent. And that to me is what's really cool. You know, the King of America really kind of felt like a melting pot, had kind of that similar feel this weekend too. And to me, that's when the USMTS is at its absolute best. That's when, when you're getting the attention of those yeah. guys to, to come compete. Well, there's just what about of, uh, what about Terry Phillips? He was up there towards the front there a, a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah, what happened to him? Was so, so I never got a chance to get there. I was trying to get to him, but they pushed him directly off the racetrack um, in one of the yellows, and I don't I don't know. I never I never caught what happened, but he was he was right up there and and competing as well. Uh, Derek Ramirez led a bunch of that race early too on, on Saturday night, so. Um, I didn't get a I didn't get a word with with Phillips what what happened. He was they shoved him off their the ra- off the racetrack before I ever got a chance to <clears throat> to find out. But place Terry's won at se- several times over the years too. I really I really figured he was going to compete in that one. So um, just what whatever super, superseded that, you know. Hey, yeah. two guys same, same that were interesting to watch, uh, Trenton. Probably. Uh, you had Rodney Sanders, 14th of 5th, but yep. Caden Carter also made a run up there right behind him, 16th to 6th. Those two guys yeah, made things K- interesting. And, and Jeremy Caden Nelson Carter. went from 18th to 9th. Yes, he did. And so, so, you know, I talked about that diversity of talent. Jeremy Nelson's a Wasota car. He's in another uh, He's in another brand of cars. He's in a J, It's what's called a JMR race car. Um, built by a gentleman, Jay McDonald, up in uh, up, up there in Minnesota, around oh, around the uh, Alexandria um, I ninety four Speedway. Gosh dang it, the town's escaping. I've been there a million times. Fergus Falls, ar- around that area, west central Minnesota. Uh, Ogilvy is, is a place that he he'd raced out a bunch. Fergus Falls, that area. Um, for Jeremy Nelson, and it's it's been great to see his dedication to this tour as well. He's another one interested in this Rookie of the Year battle, and that's doing a good job. Now, I really felt for him Tuesday or Thursday night, he was running second, um, and he had a he had had a pinhole in his tire, and he didn't know what necessarily caused it, but had a flat tire, um, and it wasn't you know it wasn't that he burned the tire up, but he he had knocked a hole in it and robbed him of what would have been a second place finish and his best one with the USMTS. So I really felt for him. It was great to see him rebound. Uh, a couple other guys there you talked about. Caden Carter, um, out of the IMCA world, runs a Vanderbeek car, has won won his fair share. Um a great up and coming kid. Uh working on getting him to talk a little bit more. I'd l- I'd love to know more about Caden Carter. He is very quiet. He is very shy. He is very much an introvert, and it has very much been a challenge for me to get to know a lot about Caden. Um, I have tried, and I'm going to continue to try so I can tell better stories about Caden Carter, but I can tell you behind the wheel, he's very good, and that that's a good team. He drives for a guy named Joe Ferguson. Um, and then there was one more you guys asked me about there. It's just well, Caden. Sanders made a run up there 14th Rodney. to 5th. Yeah. Rodney. So, Rod- so Rodney, had, Rodney had been – Rodney struggled. You know, he won that race at I seventy last year, and had just just been fighting, just been fighting, fighting to find that speed and the drive. And man, he's he's got it. Whatever they've done, he went back to work with Chris and Jimmy Mars on his race car, and and he's there. He's he's right back in the mix. Um, he won an arms race last weekend prior, um, and and Rodney's Rodney's there. Whatever whatever those ills were have have been cured, and he's. 
he's there. He's the next one. He Rodney's going to reel off some wins here pretty quick. My gut tells me when he reels when he reels one off, it's probably going to be the first of a handful here um, for the twenty car. So he's he's Rod, Rodney's back in the game. So if anybody plays dirt draft or the my race pass or whatever, Rodney's going to be a safe bet, and he's he's probably could be even a little bit undervalued here a little, but but he's he's coming. Yeah, let me. So, um, another great run for Rodney there to finish up. Uh, Jason Hughes, he started fifth. He ended up running 29th. What happened to him? He had a mechanical problem too, didn't he? Or what happened? Yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't see that one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know he had trouble, but man, some of that stuff comes so fast in that A main, and, and you don't always get a yellow, especially if there's lots of, lots of access points. Like right. 81's got a lot of places you can pull off the racetrack. And so that, that inherently leads to fewer yellows because these guys have somewhere to go so i don't remember i don't remember if he drew the yellow what i no i sorry, don't think I, there I, was I, a yellow he I, just put I, I had just pulled James. off i think yeah and and very very well could have been could have been he just faded and pulled off i i, I honestly don't know on jason all right um trenton what how would you grade out the weekend over there at 81 speedway Jake O'Neill. A, a with four A with four pluses. There you go. It was a great weekend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. it's it's one of it's one of the single best weekends of racing I've ever been to in the history of me going to the races. Right. Yeah, you it, were it, uh, it really was, guys. It was it was exceptional. Tyler Wolf, he I, won, he, I, I just Yeah. Tyler Wolf night. was Tyler not excited, Friday. was he, when he won on Friday night? Yeah, he smelled like a brewery when he came over to me for his victory lane interview. That guy, that guy, that guy stuck to the high heavens. Now, he he smashed those two Coors lights and he he drank probably about a, a quarter of it and threw the rest of it down his fire suit on his face uh, all over the people that were around him on, on top of the roof of this race car. But he smelled like a brewery when he walked over to me. He was pumped, and he's he's turned a corner this year. Tyler Wolf has been great. You know, I'm talking about how. Jake Tim might be the fastest one right now. Tyler Wolf's giving a run for his money, you know, as far as current speed um, in these cars. Wolf's Wolf's there. He's he's right there and he's tough, and and showed that that was cool. He's he's the uh, make sure I'm right on the yeah. He's the only repeat winner so far this year. So he he won one of the one nights at Architect. Uh, Architects. He won the last night there and won the the middle night here the the Gressel race. So. Yeah, Wolf's Wolf's on a roll right now. Running good, great guy as well. Um, uh, family runs a, a great business to help help support this racing deal, and he they help a lot of people and, and make a lot of things happen. So um, cool to see Tyler having that success this year. All right, Trenton, let, let's get off topic here a little bit. Who do you want? I'm ready. Who do you want the Chiefs to draft in the first round? Man, so I okay. So crazy thing, I don't have a specific player, but I want a. Whew, I want either. I want. I want to give you positions here. So we. I mean, we need. We need three things out of the draft. We need D line help, uh, whether it's interior or the edge. I think probably the edge is probably a little more repressing need. We need a wide receiver and we need a right tackle. So I probably would like. I would probably like. If so, are we thinking they're gonna? Are we thinking they're gonna move? Like what? What are my? What are my options? Wait, you, uh, you want a good pass that. rusher, Trenton? You want a good pass rusher? No, I, I, re- I, I, re- I really I got one want for this. Will McDonald of Iowa State. Will McDonald from Iowa State. Oh, my God. I he's such a homer. Go get him. 
He's such a homer. I want an arrogant, I want an arrogant, egotistical maniac. You can't guard me. Big mouth, loud, boisterous wide receiver that tells Patrick Mahomes to bring it and can back it up. That's what I want for a first round. Draft so who pick. is that guy? I don't know who that guy is. I, I, I don't care. I just want him to go get it. Whoever it is. Hey, a lot of those mock drafts. There was a guy from. Uh, Oh, and his name's leaving me. If the Chiefs stay late in that first round, Carter, uh, a wide receiver, is it is it Mims Mims from o- Oklahoma? O- OU's OU's stud wide receiver this year. I, his name I'm, his name's leaving me right now. But I want I want a Michael Irvin uh, personality, Randy Moss personality wide receiver is what I want. I'm with you, but that's and, what... so, and somebody that can back it up. Yeah, then, but he can't. Then we're going to roll to the. He can't outshine Travis Kelsey, though, as far as personality is concerned. No, and they they won't let and Andy won't let him either as a rookie. So that'll be what's great about it. We won't we won't know about it till later. Have you have you guys seen the idiot that Tyreek Hill's become? Like he just, he's a like, moron. That, that, oh, complete moron. So that that won't happen. I just want that attitude because then that's that's how he'll go try to play. But they they won't they won't they won't let him do that with the Chiefs. So then, hey. all right. So then we're going to go past this, all right. So since we're talking my favorite topic in the world, so then what we're going to do? I don't, I don't really care what they do with those late picks. I know we got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, but you can't realistically think you're going to get roster players from that deep in the draft. So right. I wouldn't care at that point if they package a few, move up, you know, do some things that second, third round. That's kind of been really a sweet spot. I feel like that's where Brett Veach makes us a championship caliber team is in that second, third, even fourth round a little bit, but more in that second, third round, man. The Chiefs have lived right there, and they have found superstars. So out of those, we need an edge rusher, and I I think we need a right tackle. I think we need to take a hard run at somebody that, that can be a starting right tackle. That, that Lucas Niang we thought was going to be our guy, but he can't stay on the field. Um I really, I really would like to see those two positions addressed in the second, third rounds of the draft, or both in the second, or both in the third if they want to move back and get picks. However, they want to do it, they're they're going to know that thing more than me. But somewhere out of this draft, we need we need week one starters or week one could be starters, edge, right tackle, receiver, and I want them to start with the receiver first because we Pat, Patrick's got to have him one more one more bullet in the chamber. And he's got to have him one that's affordable that we can have a few years. Somebody like that Karloftis that they got that that, that was he a second or Perfect. third? Perfect. Yes, but, uh, I think he was right at the end of the first round. But basically, like, yes, yeah. go go find this. Somebody year's like that. Uh, did yes. you have Have you heard that um, Karloftis has been working with Tom Ali? Yes, I love seeing. That. Didn't you love seeing that? I love. I that. love that man. Oh my gosh, I I love Tom. I've got a Tom Ali jersey. I I still wear it quite a bit uh, during football season. He was one of my all time favorites. Man, that that old that old boy could play now. Well, I'm here to tell um, you, Will, I think that's great. Will McDonald is every bit as good as Karloftis if you can get him. Well, I'm going to tell you how good he is. Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, showed up at his pro day in Ames. That's that's how much they're oh, looking at him. Mm. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Hey, listen, Iowa State's a great Iowa State's a great great place to to go pluck players. So, um, I uh, if that's that's the route they want to go, and the Chiefs got a shot at him, by all means, let's better powder, let's get at her. You know. So I I don't think that uh, I'm so sto- I, I love the draft so much and. 
I love the draft so much because I just like I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to sound like a homer, but Brett Veach is just better than all the rest of them. And he's uh, a great race fan, he just, right? He, he's a great he, race fan. They, Brett Veach is a huge race fan, a huge, huge race fan. Uh, yes, and Brett Veach, Brett Veach is just better than the rest of them. With the like, when it comes to the NFL draft, Brett Veach is the number one pick. And I sound like a homer, and I don't even care. Like, all you have to do is go back and look look at what he's done for the Chiefs, and they're going to have to continue to do this because they're not going to have huge money to pay out of that cap. Um, to keep this team together. They're going to have to do a lot of what the Patriots did, where they're going to have to throw in these also-ran wide receivers and also-ran backs. And, you know, a lot of these skill positions are not going to get to be high-salary guys. There's going to be turnover year to year. Your your easiest way to do that and to get a few years is to, is to draft well. And, and I'm telling you, Brett Veach is damn near undefeated in the draft. He He's had a few that he's flopped on, but it's very few and far between. How many more that years? A mach- I, I, he's a machine. Andy Reid would I, agree with that. How many more years are we going to get out of uh, Travis Kelsey? Man, I – well, you think, you think we get three more? I bet we can get three more years out of him. I three, think so, yeah. Yeah, we'll get three more I, years. I bet he's about three more years. How old is he? How old I is Travis 30? Kelsey? 33. 30, 33. 30, 33, I believe. Right. I'll tell you this, if, if, if he's – if he's not headed, if he's not headed to network television in a number one or two role in the booth, then they're going to have missed the boat by yeah, the time he, he would be done. good. He would be good. He's oh probably already God. got just, some kind of deal worked he, out. He, he'd be unbelievable on TV. Unbelievable. He's he'd be better than Tom so, Brady, don't you think? He'd be better than Tom Brady in the booth. Mm. Guarantee it. I mean, Tom Tom, Brady. how much is Tom Brady getting paid? A lot. A hundred million, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he's. I don't even think he's going to start this next year either. I think he's. No, he's taking a year off. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, Travis Kelsey's already. uh, Oh, they've got the the one that called Super Bowl, Greg Olson, who actually he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. um, Was was the Fox's new number one guy. Yeah. yeah, he was fine. So, anyway, I'm stoked. Are you guys going to the draft? Are you guys going to be able to get on there? And no, uh, uh, I've, I've got to go shoot some video down at Lake Ozark Speedway this weekend. I see. MLRA I'd Lake love models. To go to the draft. I would go down there if I was 20 years younger, in my 20s probably, but the amount right. of people that's going to be down there is probably going to keep me from watch, going there in person, but I'll be glued to the TV Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hey Todd, I can't wait. I love I love the football draft. Hey Todd, yeah. Marie said I used to play Fender bass back uh, in the seventies. I saw that. I, Did you see that? She played an old Fender P bass. How about so, that? Are so, they yeah. going to get Webster City in this weekend? Man, million dollar question. Tuesday's usually D Day on these races, whether they're going to roll or not. So uh, I haven't had a call or any indication yet. So my my hope is yes. Uh, Friday doesn't look real good, but Thursday and Saturday look pretty decent. So, um, be be one of the first tracks that far north to run. So you'd like your chances of success. They uh, they ran a race there what a couple weeks ago. Uh, they got a race in. So they did. Um, I sure I sure hope so. I sure hope we can get. But Lakeside Speedway is the week after that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday yep. for the Jayhawk Classic. So we get. That'd be a big race, man. Yeah. How many cars do you think they'll oh, yeah. have out at Lakeside? Sixty. Sixty. 
50-60. Yeah. yeah. I'll hedge my bet a little bit. 50-60 or ballpark, yeah, probably. Yeah. And no they doubt. got, they got so. a weekly show in there Friday night, so the track should be in pretty good shape at Lakeside, I would think. Yeah, no doubt about it. it it's, yeah. been, it's been pretty good out there lately. Man, it has been. It, it really, really has been. I, uh, I'm pumped. Uh, what is it? I guess tomorrow night we get to watch High Limit again, right? Aren't they up at West Burlington? That's right. Thirty-four yep. Raceway. Isn't, isn't that tomorrow? I think I thought that's yeah. tomorrow night. So I'm, I'm really going to keep an eye on that thing. I'm, I'm really, I'm juiced for that that little series and to see, see what its future is. Yeah, yeah, it should think, be good. Think, hey, uh, Mike Marler told us he's he's planning on heading up to your racetrack up in Wisconsin at Fountain City here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, man, they ought. They ought. I, I figured he probably was. I'm I'm really uh, I'm really looking forward to going to that and kind of embracing this new role. You know, we're Dick and I aren't. We you know we're not we're not the operators and we're not the in any anywhere close to majority opinion. You know what I mean? So we're just kind of. We're just kind of on on the sidelines, but we're but we're real we're real close. So um, it's it's been a fun deal, you know. And that that racetrack ran really well, and it's it's got great people that are there. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this race, seeing how it turns out, and uh, kind of figuring out what what our role with you know help help and support in that venture you know needs needs to be. They don't they don't. I don't really need a lot, you know, which is right. is a is a great great thing to be able to be a part of something that's that's established and running and already has a great reputation. So, Trenton, um, we we can't. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see it. We we're so excited to have you on as a weekly guest on our show here, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to talk USMTS and and if you want to watch the best racing when it comes to modified racing. USMTS, USRA, you got to watch it on racingdirt.com. Yeah, I appreciate that. We, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting your take on the draft next week when we have you on more than yeah, some I'm, of your commentary on the races. Right. I'm I'm pumped to watch that. You know, I did <laughs> I did a bunch of sports radio over the winter. I kind of kind of dusted off the uh dusted off some of the old the old show prep and work and uh found found some phone numbers from the past and i had i had a lot of fun doing that i hated the the circumstance around i was was filling in for really the guy that got me started in this whole mess in the first place has has been been pretty ill for a while and art um so i uh i i'd kind of got got reestablished a little bit in the sports world you know it's a different it's a different level of being up to speed to to talk that game in that world um then you know the race is second nature to me at this point because it's what i do every day and i've done it every day for so long right but i really i really found myself back at square one uh, obviously knowing how to broadcast and knowing knowing the ins and outs of what you need to do on, on air was not difficult but just getting myself back with the, the content and all the specifics and there's just man it just opened a so much there that you just really got to be prepared. You can be exposed right. pretty quick. Yeah, no doubt about so it. That, that that was fun. That was fun. I'm I'm excited to lead this into the draft. We we talked a bunch of drafts when I was doing that, getting ready for this in Kansas City. So I'm excited to watch watch it all come to fruition. Trenton, thanks so much, buddy. We appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. Hey, I'm 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 thrilled to be on with you guys. I'm glad to do it every Monday. Um, I love talking about racing and. 
these guys that uh, this cast of characters I get to roll up and down the road with are uh, are second to none. So it's cool you guys think so too, and allow allow this time to to shine a light on all them. Now yeah. you got some real personalities in the USMTS, that's for sure. Yeah, we do, guys. It's 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 stronger than it's ever been right now. And I don't I don't I'm not real sure what's happened here, but it's but it's different, and it's different. It's it's great different. <laughs> right. Thank so you, Trenton. I'll, I'll talk to you all next week. All right, we'll Thanks, see you next Trenton. week. Thank you, buddy. There you have it, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. If you want to follow modified racing, there's only one place to do it. That's RacingDirt.com. Well, they had a great weekend down there. I watched all three nights of what they had going on down there, and it was certainly a highlight of my weekend. That and Talladega going on. Yep. So, yeah, it, they had a great weekend down there at Wichita. All right, Todd, what what do we want to close with, bud? What, you got anything you want to add? Well, it's a, hopefully this week will go by without any hitch here in Kansas City. That's all I'm hoping for. Hopefully the airport won't be. I hope, yeah, everybody. I hope it's, it's a brand-new airport. Brand-new airport. It's supposed to be better, right? Yeah. It's, it's not better. The problem is. The traffic is, is terrible up yeah, there. the problem is people don't. Still think we have KCI, the old KCI here, and you can just roll up two minutes before the flight rolls in, and it's not how it works anymore. No. So if you're coming to Kansas City, like be patient. Said, be patient. Have fun with everything. Spend some time in the new airport. There's a lot of new restaurants, a lot of shopping, and uh, hopefully, if you're watching on TV, they're going to show you. I've heard they're going to show you some really cool sights and sounds. The the War Memorial where they're having this at is the National World War One Memorial, which is unlike any other museum in the country or in the world, probably. Let's just keep our fingers crossed it doesn't rain. Yeah. And so, well, you know, we've had ba- we've had a lot of experience with victory parades and absolutely. celebrations over the last many years. So we're ready for that this. part of it should be good. We'll be ready for this. And this week will be uh, will be no different. We got probably have another Indy. We got another NASCAR driver. Me and Scott are going to do an interview with this week. I think Wednesday, right? Chris Busher. Chris about Bush. that, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do an interview with that, and we'll play R-A that on Racer. Saturday morning track talk. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll have that, and just like because it's it's Kansas Kansas Speedway's coming up. We'll be having Pat Warren as well. You remember Chris Busher won the night race at Bristol? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yeah, no doubt. So we got good show coming up next. This week, Saturday morning is going to be a good show, and then obviously next Monday we're going to have. Some we got a good lot guys. of we That's got right. a lot of sound to run on Saturday. Going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. All right, thanks, Todd. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, For my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer, saying thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, folks, uh, our amount of downloads has tripled compared to what it was, and we can't thank you enough, and we appreciate everybody that tunes in and and listens to the podcast. It's just remarkable how many people are listening to it right now. So, can't thank you enough for doing that. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thank you for listening to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they're going to be racing down this weekend, um, the 29th at Central Missouri Speedway. Hopefully, you get down there and check them out. All right. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports.
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years.